It's the final days of six-year no-interest financing at Palo Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Upgrade that leaky, squeaky patio door from just $84 a month. Set your free consultation now at 855-PALA-WI. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Big sports day here on WTMJ. So, Melissa... Where are you going to be watching the basketball Ooh, game tonight? That's a good question. So Saturday I watched it at Draft and Vessel uh, in Shorewood. Right. And they had their big screen up, which they normally don't do, but because of the playoffs, they got it. Uh, and I don't know, maybe Camp Bar. Okay, so you're going, you're, you're going out. You're going out. Likely going out. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, now, see, for me, I'm. it actually, and this, this underscores what a big sports day it is here. The Brewers versus the Royals. By the way, the first place Milwaukee Brewers are supposed, were supposed to be playing 7-10 tonight. I, I have... I have, I have tickets for tonight's game. Mm-hmm. And so then they, they moved it up. And, and that's good because I was trying to imagine how it was going to be at the ball game. <laughs> no, so seriously, we're, you know, if the Brewers were going to be playing, and I could just see everybody would have their smartphones out and everybody would be watching this and it would be the middle of the fourth inning and nothing would be going on. And all of a sudden everybody would cheer because of some three-point shot or some dunk or something. So wisely, in my opinion, the Brewers moved up the starting time till 310, which means my program ends a little bit earlier, 230 or so. And and um, so I'm going to go. I mean, I'm, my, my buddy is, my wife dropped me off this morning, so I don't have my car. My friend is going to pick me up around yeah. 2.30. We're going to go out. We're going to watch the Brewers game. And then I, I think I'm probably going to watch the basketball game at home well, where I can kind of concentrate and focus on that it. I seems, think. That seems okay if you're going to one and not the other. But I thought that was a really classy move for the Brewers to move their game because in, in the press well, release it said, we want to watch the Bucks win, hopefully, too. Well, right. You know, no, and I, I mean, and I think it's it's a fan friendly sort of thing. No, it, absolutely. And, and so, move. I mean, I'm right. And I'm, I mean, again, I'm a I'm huge baseball fan, huge basketball fan, looking forward to going to the game. And if I do end up watching at home or even if we go out somewhere it, there's still there's enough time lag because the brewers game will probably finish around six ish or so mm-hmm. um and then you know give you time to get home or give you time to go where you're going so you're not going down to the deer district i will not be going down to the deer district with sixty-five thousand people jeff I, I mean it looks like a lot of fun I just, uh, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to hang, you know, hang low in a, in a, in a, a little. Your partner, port, John McCure, bar. he's yeah. heading down there. Is he? he yeah. Even though there's no show, he's well, taking his daughter down there. And I'm telling gonna, you, right? It is, it is the place to be if it, you want that atmosphere and you really want to be in it, you know. Oh but, no, and, and it's, and it's, it's wonderful. So okay, well, wherever you watch it, and I, and I do. I mean, I, I guess. Look, I think the Bucks are going to win too. I, I, I do. I hope people, if if they they don't, there's still another game, and um, so I hope people aren't too despondent about this. But I think, I mean, clearly, this is the game you need to win. You know, you, you've you've stolen the one game on the road. You're you know playing in front of the home fans. This is. This is the one that you want to get. Interestingly enough, uh, there was a phone call in the newsroom. I picked it up. It was a guy from Greece wanting to talk about what it was like in Milwaukee. So I actually interviewed him, and he says, you know, the game, there's an eight-hour difference. So they're watching the game at 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Oh, sure. And so it's, but he said the excitement in Greece.
Greece is just over the top. Yeah, all because of Giannis. Because of Giannis. Yeah. Well, like I say, big sports day here on WTMJ. Our coverage, pregame coverage of the Brewers starts around 235, first pitch at 310. And then after that, uh, we segue into basketball coverage. And um, just uh, another quick programming note here. This is, of course, a game 50 years in the making. And the Milwaukee Bucks just one win away from the NBA championship. You can hear full coverage of game six tonight on our flagship flagship station. And this is something very, very cool. If they win, if they win, and it's Bucks in six, stick with us all night long for live local coverage. We're your home for the Bucks Championship Basketball News Radio. WTMJ, all sorts of stuff going on. There's a, there's a little story. Look, I, we, we talk a lot about crime on, on my program just because of my background. And, and, and you know, we talk about th- stuff like car thefts and homicides and things of the like. And every once in a while, though, there, there's a story that just strikes me as thinking people will steal anything. And here, here's the headline. Sheriff's office asks for public help after a dozen golf carts are stolen from Lincoln Park and Hanson Park. Okay, so Lincoln Park, of course, being, you know, right, kind of right by us by the expressway there. Hanson Park, um, you know, um, in, uh, kind of Wauwatosa area. Here's the way the Journal Sentinel reports it. A golf cart thief is making his way through Milwaukee County and the sheriff's office is asking for help. For, Four golf carts were taken from Milwaukee's Lincoln Park on July 8th, followed by eight more from Wauwatosa's Hanson Park three days later. The four Lincoln Park, well, let me just stop there for a second. Who steals golf carts? And, and what, what are you going to do with the golf carts? I mean, I, I, I understand you, you shoplift stuff from stores. Well, you're going to use the stuff or you're going to sell it on the black market. I, I, I get that. You, you steal cars and you take them for joy rides or you use them for other criminal activity or you, you take them to some chop shop and you have them cut up for parts. I get that. These are golf carts. This is not the villages in Florida. <laughs> what are you going to do? All of a sudden, you know, you, you've stolen all these golf carts. What, what are, what are you going to do with them? I mean, this isn't one where you, like, you're, you, you got them in a truck and you're down an alley and you're like, somebody walks out. It's not like, hey, I've got a TV or I've gotten a carton of cigarettes or something that I want to sell you. You've got a golf cart. Who's going to buy the, the golf carts? So the people are stealing golf carts. Four from Lincoln Park, and um, three days later, eight more from Wauwatosa's Hanson Park. Now, it gets even weirder. The four Lincoln Park golf carts were eventually recovered after the suspect abandoned them during a police chase. Okay. What, 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 during a police chase, what is? It, it, are people on foot? What, what's going on? You got you got four golf carts that get uh, abandoned during the police chase. Are you driving the golf carts? I, I don't I don't get that part at all. Uh, the trailer used to haul them was also reported stolen from DeForest. I, I would I would love to be that. Okay, we're we're we are in hot pursuit. There's four golf carts in a trailer, and and you know we're we're trying to find the guy that stole them. The sheriff's office is trying to identify a gray-haired white male operating a tan or gold Chevrolet Tahoe. Um, They say it might be linked to similar investigations in other jurisdictions. So the guy is going around stealing golf carts from various jurisdictions. 
What do you do with them? Again, that's the underlying question. What what do you do with these things? Proving once again, though, that people will steal anything that is not nailed down. Okay, when we come back, I want to talk about concealed carry law changes. Then I want to tell you a story about a sentencing involving... Well, a guy who kills somebody else in a car. We're going to discuss that. Lots of stuff coming up on the program. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Several people texting in and saying that uh, two weeks ago, 10 golf carts were stolen in Dodge County from a, a Mayville golf course and two more were stolen from another golf course in the area. A couple other people are saying, okay, well, here's, but the market for this is that um, at campgrounds, where where people like use golf carts to, to drive around the campgrounds, golf carts can sell for three to four thousand dollars each. And 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 I look, I, I mean, I understand that there's a use beyond just the golf carts. I guess I didn't mean to imply that, but but I I don't know if if a guy if. If if I've got a trailer, I, I've my I've very dear friends of mine, John and Mary. They've got a they've got a, a trailer that's at a campground out by the Wisconsin Dells, and that's where they spend their weekends in the summer. And I think they've got a golf cart, as I recall. I haven't been there, um, haven't been there yet to stay with them. But but I'm just imagining if some guy pulls in with a U-Haul trailer with a bunch of obviously used golf carts on them. I don't know if the scorecards are still attached to them and stuff and, and wants a couple grand for them. Who's going to buy this? I mean, you you know that it is obviously a stolen golf cart. And, and I guess maybe there's some people who just have the same lack of principles or ethics or integrity that the guy who stole the golf carts have, and they're going to buy them. But I mean, it's, I mean it is, it, it's like the guy pulling into the back alley and opening up the back of the truck and starting to pull out Sony TVs that retail for $3,000 and selling them for 750 bucks. And I understand that there's a market from some people who are just slimy and sleazy and don't care that they're buying stolen property. But, all right, you're in the campground. Yes, you want a golf cart. You know, this this guy pulls in and wants to sell golf carts off the back of a van or out of the back of a trailer for way below market value with no pink slips for them or whatever golf carts have. Who buys these things? And by the way, if you do buy them, you are doing nothing short of contributing to the crime. And, you know, if you do that and they find out and they take the golf cart back from you, you deserve to be out that dough. Um, just no question about it. All right. I am a fan and an advocate for the state's concealed carry law. I argued for this for years on the radio. Wisconsin was the second last state in the country to adopt some form of concealed carry. And, and I believe the, and I, I've been proven correct, you know, we had these people saying, oh, it's going to be the Wild West. It's just absolutely terrible. It's all these things. And it hasn't turned out to be that way. Now, I'm not saying that there haven't been instances where somebody with a concealed carry permit was involved in a shooting like happened and we're going to revisit this a little while later down in the uh at the uh gas station in Kenosha a couple days ago. But by and large, if you look at the homicides, if you look at the armed robberies, if you look at the crimes of violence, it's not being committed by people with concealed carry permits. I mean, it's just, it's flat out not. And I've always believed that that was the case. The vast majority of people who have the concealed carry permits are are law-abiding citizens. 
My beef, if I were to have one with the concealed carry law, is that it does not require any sort of proficiency training. You, you don't have <clears throat> you don't have to prove that you know how to use the gun. All you have to do is you have to prove that you've you know gone through the class that tells you what your legal obligations are. I if if I were to have any criticism of it, it, it would be you'd like to see that people know how to use a gun before they start carrying the gun around. But but that's just me. In any event, the Wisconsin law says that you have to be 21 years old before you can get a concealed carry permit. Now, at the age of 18 in this state, you can buy, for example, a handgun. So there's a bill that's recently been introduced in Madison, which would lower the age to obtain a concealed carry permit to 18. Move it from 21 to 18. And the argument is that, well, you know, if you're an adult for all sorts of purposes like voting and things like that, if you're an adult for, again, you can get married, you can get tattoos, you should be able to have a concealed carry permit at the age of 18 instead of 21. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. At the risk of going where angels fear to tread, I don't have a problem with leaving the, the law at 21. We, we have a schism in this country as to wh- what it means to be an adult. For many, many things, the legal age is 18. You can vote at 18. You can serve in the military at 18. You can sign contracts at the age of 18. You can get married at the age of 18. But for others, we, we say 21. You, you can't, you know, you, 21 is the legal age of drinking. Now, some people would lower it back. It was 18 when I was 18, but now it's up to 21. 21 is the legal age for drinking. I have no problem with saying, look, I, I understand that you're an adult, and I understand the law says you can buy a gun at the age of 18, but for the purpose of concealed carry, I don't have a problem with leaving the law at 21. In large, well, I think there's a lot of reasons for it, because I think carrying a gun is an awesome responsibility, which isn't to say getting married or some of these other things aren't, but I think it's an awesome responsibility. Secondly, if our concern is keeping guns out of schools, well, there's a lot of high school seniors that are are 18, and I think this just, I think it opens up the state and the area to problems and I guess I, I look at this, and this is what I frequently describe as 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 a solution looking for a problem. I really don't get the sense that, all right, that, that the world would be a lot safer if we had more 18 and 19-year-olds walking around the streets carrying guns. 855-616-1620, what do you think? Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. I don't want to get too sidetracked in the weeds. A number of people are saying, no, Jeff, you're wrong, that you, you can't buy a handgun in Wisconsin until you're 21. That That's not quite right. Under federal law, you can't buy a handgun from a, a federally licensed firearm dealer at 21. You can buy one from a private party at the age of 18, and you can buy a shotgun, you can buy a long rifle and things like that at the age of 18. But I don't, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on that. The fundamental question is, all right, right now, 
in order to have a concealed carry permit, you need to be 21. And there's legislators that want to reduce it to the age of 18. I don't think that's a good idea. 855-616-1620. Victor in West Bend. Victor, you're first. Mm. Hi, Victor. Hi, Jeff. Thanks. Jeff, uh, my beef is that a lot of the uh, people that are 18 years old are still in high school. Yep. And I don't, you know, they, can you see a kid or an adult 18 years old carrying a concealed weapon in the high school? I don't think so. I don't think it's a bad idea. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, th- I mean, see that. Thanks. That was that's part of the justification that went in for for the twenty one year old um, drinking age. The idea is if we're we're trying to keep liquor out of the the schools, then then what you want to do is if, if you're eighteen or nineteen, you you go out and drink. And like I say, in Wisconsin, the drinking age was eighteen when I was eighteen, and that's that's it. You know, it's. I the statute of limitations has long expired, but you know some of my buddies that turned eighteen before I turned eighteen. Well, you know you'd go out or you go to somebody's house, and that's the person that went over and picked up the beer and stuff like that. And I understand alcohol is different than than carrying the firearm, but still, I don't I, I don't see a compelling need for this. And, and yes, eighteen year olds can own handguns. You just can't buy one from a federally licensed dealer. But do we really? Is it a good idea? Does the world need? You know, a, a kid who just turned 18 walking around with a concealed firearm? And my answer would be no. Let's talk to Tom in Fort Atkinson. Tom, you're on WTMJ. Thank you, Jeff. Listen, I first time I've listened to your program because I don't get down here that often. I love it. I, I think you're doing a great job. I Thank really you. like this. The This thing about the, the firearms, kids... Um, I heard on, the, on a Christian radio station years ago that scientists today have determined that the part of the brain that is the last to be developed is the part that does all the reasoning. In other words, a 20-year-old is going to be able to make a better decision as to whether he should or should not take that gun out and what are the conditions around whether he should use it. They're going to make a better decision than someone who's 18. That part of the brain is apparently not... Full is the last to be developed, and it's not fully developed until yeah. a person becomes twenty around twenty years old, and that that fits with yeah. the Bible because in the Bible they didn't hire they didn't have people in the military unless they were at least twenty years old when they counted the military. Um, I don't think an eighteen year old. I don't I, personally. I don't think an eighteen year old should be an adult yet. I think that should be twenty. But well, I mean, th- well, thanks for call. I guess that this is the. I mean, look, and I, I appreciate that people mature differently. But if, if our if our, our general conclusion is that we, we don't want people carrying guns in schools and we don't want people carrying us guns in college campuses and things of the like, but by saying, okay, that you can't have a concealed carry permit till the age of 21, I think you facilitate that. But, but the bigger issue I have is I, I haven't seen any evidence suggesting that there is a, a fundamental need for an 18 or a 19-year-old to, to have, have the guns. I mean, it's just, and, and given the potential, again, that you are presumably more mature at the age of 21 than you are when you turn 18, and given the fact that literally, if you're carrying a firearm, you are making, on a constant basis, life and death decisions. So for me, the question becomes, okay, do we, do we really need to do this? So I guess... I'm comfortable leaving the age at 21. I don't see a need to lower it. How this plays out in the legislature, we'll see. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
Uh, during this portion of the show yesterday, we, we had a conversation about, again, to me it's political correctness run amok. Asian carp, you know what Asian carp are? Carp, Asian carp are the, those big, ugly fish that eat anything. And they were brought into this country about 50 years ago from China. And they were used in the South to kind of clean algae off of, out of ponds and lakes like, and things like that. What happened is, as frequently do, there, there's four different species of invas- invasive Asian carp. And what happened is that the fish sort of migrated. They, they got loose from the ponds they were in. They got to the Mississippi River. They have migrated north, and now they are taking over the, the Great Lakes. It's a huge problem because, you know, fishing in the Great Lakes is a huge, just a huge industry, not just sports fishing, but also food and things of the like. It's like a $7 billion industry. And what happens is when you have the Asian carp, which are, again, these four categories of, of carp, when, when they get in, they eat everything. There, there's no natural predators, so they're, they're eating the perch. They're attacking all the other fish. And so that's why we're spending a ton of money, whether it's electric fences, um, trying to, to keep them out. And I, I do understand there's an irony for everybody who just thought that President, former President Trump was crazy by wanting to build a wall, that when it comes to trying to, you know, keep the Asian carp out, that's what we do. We, you know, we, we put up electrified fences and all. But regardless, that, that's been this huge effort in the battle against Asian carp. Well, about a month ago, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service decided we can't call Asian carp Asian carp anymore. Not because they're not from Asia, but because they are, in fact, they are they are from China. And they've been understood to be collectively referred to as Asian carp for the last 50 years. We can't do that because some bureaucrats somewhere decided it is disrespectful to Asian Americans to refer to an I'm not making this up. It's disrespectful to Asian Americans to refer to an invasive species of fish by virtue of where they came from, in this case, Asia. So they're now trying to come up with different names. So they're saying, we're not going to call them Asian carp anymore. Now, I, I again, I challenge anybody to find one hate crime perpetrated against one Asian American that was based on the fact that somebody's upset about Asian carp in, in the Great Lakes or, or whatever. But it doesn't matter if there's no evidence. It's just the, the mere fact that somebody somewhere might not like this. So now they're changing the name. And so the Fish and Wildlife Service doesn't want to refer to them as Asian carp anymore. They want to call them invasive carp. Th- that's running into problems, though, because these big, ugly fish, which... Um, you know, in this country, we, we don't think much of. We think of them as a nuisance, kind of like giant flying, uh, giant, giant swimming pigeons and things like that. Well, in, in China, in Asia, for example, the, these, these carp are delicacies. So some people are saying, well, not only can you not call them Asian carp, but you can't call Asian carp invasive carp because that will offend somebody in Asia who eats these and thinks they're great and thinks we should be eating more of them. It's one of these things where you just, again, my, my head wants to explode on this stuff. They're Asian carp. They've been Asian carp for 50 years. And we're, we're again, we're, we're doing this navel gazing and trying to figure out, oh, gee, might somebody somewhere be offended? But the same thing is true with gypsy moths. 
right? You know, and now we, we're not supposed to refer to gypsy moths as gypsy moths because that might be insulting to people from Eastern Europe who are referred to as gypsies. You can't make this stuff up. But into this, here's my latest example of this. And of course, these stories are all coming out of Dane County. All right, in Dane County, now you got to follow me on this one. And I swear, hand in the air, I can't make this up. All right. In Dane County, for years, there has been something called the Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition. The Tobacco-Free Dane, uh, the Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition. All right. And, and this is, it's, it's a group that's been around for the longest time that is trying that tries to discourage cigarette purposes. The alliance focuses on preventing the use of commercial tobacco, which continues to cause deaths, etc., etc., and that includes chewing tobacco, electronic cigarettes, and other forms of nicotine delivery, right? I mean, okay, so you hear this thing, the Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition. All right, got it. You know, we all understand what it is. They are changing their name. And I am not making this up. They will no longer refer to themselves as the Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition. Instead, they will now be the Dane County Alliance Against Commercial Tobacco. Now, you might say to me, Jeff, why why do they feel obligated to change the name from the Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition? Well, I could give you three guesses. You wouldn't get it. I could give you five guesses. You wouldn't get it. I could let you guess for the next hour. You would not get it. Here's why they are changing from the Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition to the Dane County Alliance Against Commercial commercial Tobacco. It is to acknowledge the ceremonial use of tobacco by American Indians. So what they're saying is for centuries, Native Americans have used tobacco for ceremonial and cultural purposes. So they are concerned that Tobacco-Free Dane County Coalition does not or at least insults Native Americans who use tobacco for ceremonial and cultural purposes. So by making this change, they make it clear that they are opposing commercial tobacco because we don't want to offend Native Americans who may um, use tobacco for other purposes. Now, interestingly, uh, American Indians are among the heaviest users of commercial tobacco. That The numbers are actually kind of staggering. It's the highest percentage of smokers among all ethnic groups in the United States. But but we can't, we can't do that because we don't want to offend anybody by saying, okay, we're, we're encouraging people to be tobacco-free because somebody somewhere, somehow, might be offended saying, well, I, I don't want to be tobacco-free. I use it for religious purposes. Again, this is the kind of stuff that makes my head explode, namely that you, you have people who are thinking about this. Who comes up with this stuff? I, I mean, seriously, instead of spending your time trying to figure out how to stop kids from smoking or how to uh, help people who want to quit smoking cigarettes or not start smoking cigarettes, we're worried about, well, we can't call ourselves the to- uh, tobacco-free Dane County because, well, gee, we might offend some people who, um, I don't know, don't want to be tobacco-free. I just You just don't know what to say about this. So whether it's tobacco-free or whether it's Asian carp or whether it's gypsy moths, 
We're, we're, we're living in a world that is changing, and I would argue not for the better. All right, here's something that is exciting. The newest summer event is the WTMJ Classic from the club at Lock LaBelle in Oconomowoc. You can be part of it. Our WTMJ team is hitting the golf course this August. It's August 17th, I believe, for a day of food, fun, and networking. Do you want to join us? Well, okay, here's the deal. This is your chance to win a a round of golf for you and three friends. It's the WTMJ Classic, hosted by the club at Lock LaBelle, sponsored by Imperial Service Systems, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, Griffin Ford, and Gruber Law Offices. Okay, so here, here is the deal. On each of the shows, including mine, this week we are going to be taking a qualifier each day. We did one yesterday. We'll do one for the balance of the week. Then on Friday, one of the five qualifiers from my show will will get a, a foursome. We'll draw one of the names, and that person will get a foursome to participate in our WTMJ outing. We're doing that on all the shows this week. But if you would like to be today's qualifier, all you have to do is be caller number 12-855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Caller number 12 is our Tuesday qualifier for the WTMJ Classic. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, we have our qualifier for today. We'll be doing this again Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And then on Friday, one of our five qualifiers will draw the name randomly, and, and they'll get the uh, foursome for the WTMJ golf outing. Looking forward to that. I know, I know I'm going to be there. I don't know exactly what the role is. Hopefully I can at least figure out a way to play nine holes or something like that while still doing the show. All right, story from the world of politics. Mandela Barnes, who is the 34-year-old lieutenant governor of the state, of Wisconsin, he has now become the eighth Democrat running for the U.S. Senate seat currently occupied by Republican Ron Johnson. Uh, Senator Johnson, as we've talked about on multiple occasions, has not announced yet whether he's running. He's got a target on his back, figuratively speaking, because his seat, he is perceived at being the most vulnerable Republican in the U.S. Senate, in part because he's, I believe, the only run, Republican running for reelection who is running in a state that uh, Joe Biden won. And so in Wisconsin's always a 50-50 state. And, and of course, you know, uh, Senator Johnson's been the, the target of, of a lot of attention, some of it unwarranted, some of it unwelcome. Um, and, and he's very much aligned with the Trump wing of the party. And so it, it you know, he's viewed as, as vulnerable. So you have all sorts of people getting in. Mandela Barnes. Mandela Barnes, I would describe, and we'll talk about this in more detail over the course of the the run-up to the election, but he's 34 years old. He's, I would describe him as an extremely liberal lightweight with baggage that would crush a bellhop. (laughs) Um, It's kind of amazing, and, and whether the baggage is... I don't know if not paying his property taxes or not paying parking tickets. It's just before you even get to policy, you, you've got all sorts of things. But one of the things that that he brings is he is black. He's going to be you know competing very hard for the African American, the black vote, and he's out of um, you know he, he's going to be trying to generate a lot of support in the Milwaukee area. He he's been a, a climber. 
He served two terms in the state assembly, then in 2016 ran unsuccessfully against Lena Taylor for the Senate seat, and then he won the Democratic primary for lieutenant governor in 2018. So he's very, very upwardly mobile. He will have, I think, support, certainly from the African-American community, and he's going to have no trouble raising money. My guess is you're going to see a lot of left-wing groups from Washington in particular who are going to put money in. The Now, of course, it's going to be a fascinating and expensive race because if you're in the media, you just you know be, be prepared to to just look at the spending because one of the principal uh, challengers is also is Alex Lazary and, and Lazary is of course the thirty-something-year-old son of one of the Bucks owners who who he's also very upwardly mobile, and he's running. He's raising a ton of money, but a lot of it's you know out-of-state money that's pouring in. And, of course, his dad is a multimillionaire or a billionaire or whatever, so there's going to be plenty of money behind him. Mandela Barnes is going to raise uh, a lot of money. Some of the other candidates that are out there, um, the state treasurer, her name is Sarah Godlewski, she's already supported, she's been supported by Emily's List and a lot of very liberal female groups that are putting a bunch of money and will put a bunch of money into her campaign. So you've got that. You've got all these people that are going to be, again, all from the the kind of the far left wing of the party, but they're going to be drawing on incredible amounts of money. I, I don't know who the leader in the clubhouse would be. And then you've got other people like um, out of Gamey County Executive Tom Nelson, who seems to you know consider running for pretty much everything. Um, State Senator Chris Larson, who does run for just about everything, you know, he's out there as well. So right now you've got like, I think, eight announced candidates, some with higher profiles than others, some with a much more extensive elective portfolio than others. I have no idea how this whole thing is going to pan out, but I do know that there's going to be a lot of money that's involved in this. Now, somebody texts and says, okay, Mandela Barnes running for Senate sounds like he's jumping ship because he knows that Evers will not be reelected. No, I don't think that that's a fair analysis. Mandela Barnes is an incredibly upwardly mobile politician. And I think he sees an opportunity here. And um, I, I think, you know, he's, he's going to be running, saying if, you're, if I get elected in Wisconsin, I'm going to be the, the first, you know, black U.S. senator from Wisconsin. Um, there is a perception that Ron Johnson is vulnerable. And I think Barnes, like I say, being upwardly mobile, you, you might argue that this isn't his time. Maybe he'd, he'd do better if he had 10 years more of seasoning and chance to get develop some sort of legislative record but at the same time you've got to seize opportunities when they come along no i don't think this is um a jumping ship knowing evers will not be reelected. i think this is more hey you've got an opportunistic young politician who thinks that this might be the time which is i think how you can describe several of the people that are jumping into this race don't know how it's going to turn out but it's definitely going to be something to watch Okay, when we come back, I want to revisit something we talked about yesterday. More details involving the shooting at the Kenosha gas station. Stick around. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. 
And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. I am not a financial advisor and do not play one on the radio. We'll leave that up to people who really know what they're doing, like Dave Spano. But yesterday during the program, I was talking about the the stock market in a meltdown. And for a good portion of the day, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was was down over 900 points. Now, it came back and it finished down 700. And the the NASDAQ had a a similar, although not quite as large, drop. And, And there really wasn't anything going on. It wasn't like there was some news that really caused that. I mean, it's not like, oh, gee, you, you've had a hurricane that's hit the, the Gulf Coast and it's devastated the oil business or something like that. It's not like, gee, you had a lot of airlines that went out of business. It was just over the weekend, people got panicked over the fact that the, the number of COVID cases, particularly among unvaccinated people, were, were going up. And so people would say, oh, is this going to shut down the economic recovery? Are the airlines going to shut down all these different things? And people people panicked. And so, like I say, at the end of the day, I think it finished up about down about 715 points or so. And and Mike, my advice to people, and it's always, you know, you've got to avoid that the daily storms that that, that happen and and kind of always think about the big picture, because I always know that there's folks who like panic and say, oh, my gosh, the stock market just down 715 points. I'm getting out. And you call your broker. You do go online. I'm I'm selling. I'm going to put this all in cash or whatever. Well, if you did that. Okay, you'd be looking pretty dumb today if you panic, panic sold yesterday because today the Dow right now is up about 606 points. So it's got most, not all yet, but most of the drop that it had yesterday, it's gotten back. The NASDAQ is up 246 points, and that's, that's close to, if not all of the drop that it had yesterday, it might even be up. Oh, for the two days. I have to look exactly what the numbers are. But the bottom line is, for people who just, you know, react to the day-to-day stuff, where it's really just like panic selling or panic buying or whatever, you don't want to go in for that stuff because if you got out of the market yesterday, for example, you, you'd be selling at a lower point and be missing the big um, increase you have here. So sometimes you, you just, when it comes to finances and stuff, you just have to kind of let it ride for a little bit. Okay, I want to revisit something we talked about in the 12 o'clock hour yesterday because I, I I got a ton of texts and a ton of emails. In addition, there's more information about this. Now, I said in the topic we did about whether you want to lower the age for concealed carry from 21 to 18, I, I did mention that I, in most cases, I am not saying over the last several years that we've had concealed carry in the state of Wisconsin, that, that there haven't been any instances where somebody as a concealed carry holder hasn't been involved in misusing the, gu- misusing the gun. I'm saying that that is rare. That is the unicorn. Most of the crimes that you look at are, are not caused by people who are concealed carry holders. Well, then there's what happened last Friday in Kenosha. Now, just like Milwaukee, you know, Milwaukee, over 5,400 cars stolen already this year. And I know I kind of harp on that, but there's 27 cars a day being stolen on the mean streets of Milwaukee. 27 cars a day, and nobody is doing anything about it. I mean, you, you don't have a commitment by the district attorney's office to prosecute car thieves. You have no commitment from the court system to hold people accountable. All we get 
his lip service in letters to Kia and Hyundai saying, well, you know, we, we want you to make it tougher to steal the cars, which is all well and good, but it doesn't change the dynamic that you've got a lot of thieves that are out there that you've got to get off the street. Well, Kenosha is no different than Milwaukee when it comes to car thieves. Um, uh, so far, year to date, as of I think yesterday, Kenosha have had 101 stolen vehicles. And it's, I mean, that, that's not 5,400, but it's still a, a lot. And the police are saying it's it's juveniles. And one of the big things that's happening is the juveniles are stealing the cars, and then what they're doing is that they're getting into high-speed chases. The cops will see them. They'll try to pull them over. They'll floor it. They'll try to run. And more often than not, or at least occasionally, kid loses control of the car. you got a 14-year-old driving a stolen car who's trying to free, f- flee from the police, and they end up smashing up the car and hurting themselves or hurting other people. So it, it's a big deal, which brings me to what happened last Friday down in Kenosha at a mobile gas station, kind of like on, on, on Sheridan, around 5.30 at night. Apparently, what happened is 20 six-year-old man. His name is Rodney Robinson. He's now been charged. He he pulls into the gas station. He leaves his car with the keys in the ignition. I'm not sure if the car was running or not. There's kind of some conflicting reports, but he leaves his car with the keys in the ignition. So the story is there's two 13-year-olds, two kids that are apparently um walking to a friend's house and they're cutting through the gas station. They're going through a gas station parking lot and they see the car in the lot. Now they say the engine is running. All right. And there's nobody in it. All right. So apparently this is what you do nowadays in southeastern Wisconsin. You see an unattended car that's running at the age of 13 and you jump in it and you steal it. Now, let me just leave that out there for a second, because I, I understand times change, all right? And, but I, I will tell you, when I was 13 or 15 or 25 or 35 or 45, but when I was 13, and, and if I saw a car that was running in a gas station, it would never have dawned on me to jump into the car and to steal it. But yet that's what these two 13-year-olds do. So one 13-year-old gets into the driver's seat. Other 13-year-old gets into the front seat. They start driving away. At which point in time, the owner of the car, this Rodney Robinson, he, he's, he's coming out of the gas station. And he sees, he, he sees this happen. He sees, you know, hey, somebody just jumped in my car. They're driving away. This is what he says. He is a concealed carry holder. He says that he chased after the car, yelling for them to stop, but the car continued to accelerate. The defendant, this is the statement to the police, the guy saying this is what happened. He said he drew his Glock pistol from his holster and shot what he thought was three rounds at the vehicle. He says he was trying to shoot out the back passenger side tire to stop the vehicle. And the defendant says he waited, and then what ended up happening is apparently he shot through the windshield, through the rear window, and uh, one of the bullets went through the headrest of the drive on the driver's side, and it, it ended up um, hitting the driver. She then um, crashes the car into a fence at the city of Kenosha waste site, which is 
very, very close proximity to this. Um, so he goes running up. 13-year-old is lying on the ground next to the vehicle. She's screaming in pain. Um, bullet wound in the middle of her back near her spine. All right? So... That, that's the circumstance. He says, yeah, this is what I did. He says, well, when I took my concealed carry class, they told me that I could, um, I, I could shoot to, um, to protect my property, which, um, is, is not what, what they teach. And I think it's pretty clear that that's not the law. So you, here you have the 13 year old. She is in critical condition. They think she's going to survive, but my guess is she's going to be messed up. He has now been charged with first degree recklessly endangering safety and endangering safety by reckless use of a firearm. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now we discussed this for one segment yesterday and here is I guess now that you, you, we know the facts about this, here is my, my take on this. First of all, and this is a note to authorities and to DAs and to judges, people are sick of criminals acting in a criminal fashion, stealing people's stuff and not being held accountable. And, I, I mean, there's just... Nobody wants to condone vigilantism, but what happens is if you get into a system of situation where people do not believe that law enforcement and the court system can protect you, it inspires people to take the law into their own hands. And I mean, I can understand this guy's coming out. You've got a couple punk kids that have stolen his car and is driven away and he shouldn't have left it running and he shouldn't have left the keys in the ignition. But still, that doesn't give you a right and justification to steal somebody else's car. So he, he's acting out. He fires the, the shots. I don't believe. So I understand, number one, that there's a lot of frustration out there with this sort of behavior. Having said that, you we don't have the death penalty for car theft. And I do not believe that you can just allow people to pull out guns and start shooting randomly, even if they're trying to stop the cars. You're only allowed to use deadly force if there is a threat to your life. And a car being driven away, even if it's the process of being stolen, that is not a threat to your life. I think it is important to charge him. Having said that, under these circumstances, while I think he clearly committed a criminal act and clearly needs to be held responsible, his maximum penalty for this is 40 years. Let's let's be honest. I, I don't see anybody giving this guy any sort of significant prison term for this because in some cases – Yes, he's the defendant, and he's a perpetrator, but he's also a, a victim. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I believe he needs to be charged. I think that's the appropriate thing. I think, first of all, there's going to be some people on juries that are going to have a hard time convicting him under the facts and circumstances because they're going to be inclined to say, I don't care what the law is. If I was in a similar situation and I saw some people driving away with my car, I might be inclined to do the same thing. You can't do it. So there needs to be charges. But as far as anybody thinking that he's going to or should get 10 or 15 or 20 years in prison, I just don't see it under these facts and circumstances. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in a minute. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
A lot of different opinions on this story. Here's a text to start us off before we go to the phones. Jeff, it's more likely a threat to other lives in the public right-of-way with a 13-year-old behind the wheel of a stolen car. We've seen the results of these incidents. It's the reckless driving and the loss of life for innocent people. So I guess the, the, the argument is that's being made is, hey, you know, by, by this guy shooting at the person, this 13-year-old that was driving away his car, maybe he actually saved lives because who knows what she's going to do two blocks down the way. Um, we'll never know, but he may have saved lives. The key is that there are absolutely no deterrents for kids doing this, and they don't hesitate to steal a car, which is, by the way, that that's kind of the top-line story on this. And it, it, it can't be emphasized enough. The system we have is not working. You know, 5,400 cars stolen in Milwaukee, over 100 in, in Kenosha. If people do not believe that the system is going to protect them, there is an inclination to take matters into their own hands. A- and it results in, in things like this. I don't think the guy should have pulled out a gun. I think it was illegal to do what he did. I don't want people just open fi- opening fire on the, the streets of Kenosha at a car that is driving away. At the same time, I understand the frustration that, that people have, and I understand also that we've got to start having deterrence to this. And and no, I, I don't I don't want citizens shooting at, at other people, I, and you, you can't do that. But but this is it's a wake up call to law enforcement and prosecutors and judges and community leaders that you, you've got to start making people feel safe. All right, let's start with John on the north side. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. Um, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, that guy uh, made it, you know, it, it's those kind of people that make it bad for the conceal and carry. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't shoot somebody for some merchandise. Come on, I mean, I mean for a material thing. I can see if you had a only way I would pull my gun. If you had a knife or a gun, I got to see it though. I right. got you know words, and it's not going to make me kill somebody. You know, he right. was wrong, and he and he got to suffer the consequences because of. So he said he's shooting at the tire. Yeah. So as good as he's shooting, shooting at the tire. What if he hit somebody that wasn't even in the car? Right. That's oh, just no. walking up a street. That, that's, that's, right. That, that's, that's a bad decision. No, I'm with you. That's why you can't have people just pulling out guns and, and shooting at, at cars that are fleeing. So I, I'm with you, John. At the same time, can can you understand that? Imagine you're coming out of your house and you see a couple teenagers who've just jumped in your car, hot-wired it, and they're driving away. You're yelling at them to stop, and they're just kind of laughing at you at pulling away. Can you understand at least – and the guy was wrong. I'm, I'm with you. But can you understand the frustration that somebody has when they see that? Well, 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 well my thought on that is, um, you know, I'm sure to fight. You know, if somebody steals my car, I got insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to go out there and, and, and wrestle right. somebody down, and I'm not going to shoot them, you know, because you don't know what they got. Well, that's, you know, these young guys got guns and everything, man. You know, I mean, you don't want to you don't want to chase somebody down. Well, no, th- thanks for that. That's it. And but of course, th- th- this is the other message that's out there, right? It, it you you don't want it to become a, the wild wild west, but it is. And I had a number of people were texting me about this yesterday. Well, Jeff, this is a deterrent. Maybe maybe more juveniles, if they hear this situation, even though the guy was in the wrong, maybe it'll discourage him from stealing cars. I don't know that that message is going to get out, but I, I don't I, I don't want to see this. This that, that like I said. My top line takeaway is we need we, 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 we need the court system to wake up. We need prosecutors to wake up. We need elected officials to wake up and recognize that this is a problem and, and 
and just simply, I don't know, saying, hey, we're writing a letter to Kia telling them make it tougher for somebody to, to knock out the window or whatever. That, that's all well and good, but that's not going to stop the problem. You've got to deal with this environment where some 13-year-old cutting across a gas station says, hey, this car is running. The guy's in there getting a soda or whatever. Let's steal it. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're going to do this for one more segment. Let me take a quick break. It's um, 128. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's a text. Jeff, law enforcement officers are sick and tired of catching these kids and seeing them back out on the streets. Yes. That there, there's no question about it. it. It's one of the ongoing frustrations. And you, you talk to, to cops and, you know, and you say, OK, you know, there's 5,400 cars stolen in Milwaukee on a daily on, and so far this year. And they say, yeah, we, we know it. And we know who a lot of the thieves are and we know what's going on. But the problem is, you know, we, we catch them. And they're probably maybe they spend a couple hours waiting for some juvenile court judge or, you know, some court commissioner to turn them loose, send them back. And the next day they're stealing more cars. I understand the frustration. And, and that see, that's the point of this. It's you, you cannot be shooting at, at cars. Somebody's stolen your car. You cannot just open fire on the streets of Kenosha or Milwaukee or Racine or, or wherever. You can't do it. But I understand the frustration that some people have with the belief that the system does not work, which is why the system's got to stop working, start working, so people don't think about taking the law into their own hands. Lamar in Orlando. Hi, Lamar. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I hate that. I hate that guns are becoming more and more common. The the duct tape duct tape solution to crime. Like everyone is quick to go to the gun when they're supposed to be for protection and protecting of lives. And I understand the frustration with vehicles and, you know, vehicle thefts. It's a huge investment. I get it. But that's what insurance is for. That's why we have a system. But in the case of this guy, I agree he should not be sent away for a long period of time. I think maybe a couple of months and a felony because he doesn't need a gun. This guy does not need a gun. Unfortunately, he does not. And he does, like the previous caller said, he does send a terrible signal um, for all the responsible gun owners yeah. out there, um, this is just just being irresponsible, um, and it's it's unfortunate. Do you think he gets convicted if he goes to trial and says, "Well, you know, I, I misunderstood what my role. I, I thought I was allowed to protect my property, and 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 you're not." I, I mean. This isn't the castle doctrine. He wasn't at his house. There wasn't somebody breaking in at, at 3 o'clock in the morning. This was some kid that was driving away, so his life was not threatened. So he's clearly under the law in the wrong. Uh, you think he gets convicted? You think 12 people would agree he committed a crime? Yes, he gets convicted. This is just this is a terrible use of a firearm. I don't. Even though I don't think that he gets much time, I still think a jury says, dude, you can't be this irresponsible. Yeah. You can't just go shooting at you know, a car driving away. Because not only did, not only was he irresponsible, he put other people in danger because there were right. standbys. Because police officers don't even do this. Well, well, right. Nobody, right. No, thanks. So you're exactly right, Lamar. I mean, that's that's why you, I mean, the, the use, you are allowed to use deadly force to protect yourself from similar deadly force. You're, you're, you're not, and, and, you know, you make an interesting point about this, and you're exactly right. It, it's not just, now in this case, he hit the car, but let's say he, let's say he misses the car, and there's 
um, I don't know, a, a, a lady pushing a baby carriage or something that's that's on the, I don't know if there's a sidewalk in front of this gas station or not. I mean, but, but you know, the once you fire that shot, you know, you, you miss what you're shooting at. You miss your target. And, okay, that stray bullet then, you know, hits the lady with the baby carriage. That, that's why that's why you just can't be opening fire under these situations. And it's why I think he, he needs to be charged. You need to discourage people from doing this. Now, how extensive a penalty penalty you you give under these circumstances to me that's that's the bigger problem do i think he's getting anywhere close to 40 years no i i, I don't uh, let's talk to bob in greenfield bob you're on wtmj good afternoon hi jeff I, I think he definitely should be charged but i think it should be a minimal sentence uh, perhaps work release or a couple months of minimum security that being said though um you know, once they make the cars harder to steal, then they'll probably go back to carjacking. Uh, yeah, I think this is something that's it's we've reached a tipping point, and you almost need some kind of like boot camp uh, facility where mm-hmm. these underage kids or first offenders have to go for yeah. six months and drill and work and. They don't pass, and they have to stay. And we need to do know, something, Bob. You, you, you do. I mean, thank, thanks. You. you need to do something. And I appreciate our last caller, Lamar, was saying, "Well, that's what you have insurance for." And, and yes, that that that's that's true. But but car theft is it's a big deal. And and part of the reason we're in this mess is that you have judges and you have prosecutors who don't think of it as a big deal. Well, that, that's great. Um, and, and yes, in many cases, there's insurance, but it's still the sense that you've been violated and you, you know, you, you come out and, and your car is gone and then it's the inconvenience of, you know, how I, I got to get a rental car or, or whatever, all the while that you've been victimized by some punk who has jumped into your car because they, they, they think it's, it's, just fun and we're going to take it on a joyride or we're going to use it for other criminal stuff okay here's a real interesting text i got um jeff on our next door next door next door neighbor wall with tosa site which i assume is a kind of like a, a crime thing there is a mention of a milwaukee police officer who had contact with the same juvenile three times in one night involving stolen cars it's the ultimate catch and release i believe that because that that's the story there there's nothing that is done to these kids we you wouldn't think of waving a 16 year old into adult court for stealing seven or eight cars and, and the only time there literally the only time there's consequences is if in the process of fleeing from the police the kid loses control of the car and runs through a red light and hits and kills somebody else or injures them, then you hear about it. But otherwise, it's just like we, we just let this go on and we let this go on and we let this go on. And the general public's frustration increases. The guy in Kenosha was wrong. You, 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 he put other people's lives at risks. You cannot be shooting at somebody who's running away from you or driving away from you, even if they're in your car. You can't do that. But note to authorities there's a lot of people that are frustrated that we cannot get crime under control, whether it's Milwaukee or Kenosha or Racine or wherever. And they're more inclined to do things like this, knowing that, hey, this kid might, I mean, I don't know about this particular 13-year-old, but 
and I don't know if the kid had stolen other cars in the past. I mean, it, it is kind of tough for me to wake up to think that you just kind of wake up one day and today, oh, hey, th- today's the day I see this car that's running and I'm going to jump in. It's just mind boggling to me that people think that that's okay and that we are raising a generation. I don't mean to sound like that, that old dinosaur in the tar pit going, ah, oh, the kids in my day, but who, who, Who's, who sees this? The, the car is left running. He shouldn't have left it running. No question about it. But the reaction of a 13-year-old is, I'm going to steal it and drive off. I mean, wow. That 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 says a lot, too. And I understand the other question is, where are the parents that in situations like this? And, and why have they not instilled a sense of values in some of the kids to understand that doing stuff like this is is wrong? My takeaway, though, is authorities got to wake up to this because people are frustrated. They're acting out in ways that I don't think are acceptable, but they're acting out. And unless unless you get a handle on things, unless you convince society that we're under control, that this situation is under control, you're going to have more and more examples like this. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. newest summer event is the WTMJ Classic from the club at Lock LaBelle and Oconomowoc, and you can be part of it. Our WTMJ team is hitting the golf course this August for a day of food, fun, and networking. Do you want to join us? Well, tune in all week for a chance to win a round of golf for you and three friends. What we're doing is each day on all of our WTMJ programs, we are taking one qualifier, and then so on my program, for example, we'll have a qualifier for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then on Friday, we'll draw one of those names and that person will get the foursome we already gave away the the qualifying thing earlier on today but we're going to be doing it again tomorrow and friday and um, thursday as well so tune in all week for a chance to win a round of golf for you and three friends it's the wtmj classic hosted by the club at lock labelle sponsored by culligan water waukesha sit mean sit dog training professional construction inc and evans transportation services in brookfield so check that all out you know, we, we were talking about the, the, just the car thefts and the dangerous stuff. I, I just I, I had on the top of my, my stack of stuff here, Racine. Now, the, the shooting on Friday was in, in Kenosha. But if anybody hoped that maybe the fact that you, you had somebody that shot at one of these car thieves, that that would provide some degree of deterrent, uh-uh. Here's the story. This is from last night. Five juveniles were taken into custody in Racine County on Monday night, July 19th, following a police pursuit and crash. The vehicle involved was reported stolen. So just think of all that information in that first paragraph. Five juveniles in custody, police pursuit, stolen car, and crash. According to police, around 10.45 p.m., an officer observed a white SUV driving in a reckless manner in the area of 9th Street and Memorial Drive in Racine. Okay, so, all right, that's fine. The officer pulled behind the vehicle with the intent to construct a traffic stop because the car is driving in a reckless fashion and who knows who it's going to hit and kill. When the officer pulled behind the vehicle, get this, Multiple gunshots were fired from the immediate area of the SUV. The SUV then accelerated to a high rate of speed and fled from the officer. During the pursuit, it was discovered the SUV was stolen out of Libertyville, Illinois. The stolen SUV was eventually involved in a crash, striking another vehicle on Sheridan Road south of Durand Avenue. 
Okay, so let, let's review the bidding here. Cops driving along, what time? 10.45 last night, sees this car driving erratically. So you pull behind it, you try to get ready to pull a stop out of it, and they start shooting at you. All right, at which they're shooting at you, and then they, they take off. And so then you start the chase. Ultimately, uh, the car crashes. The stolen SUV was eventually involved in a crash striking another vehicle. There were a total of five occupants in the stolen vehicle, all juveniles between the ages of 17 to 14. 14. There's a 14-year-old out running with a pack of, you know, some of his some of his thug buddies. They're in a stolen car. They shoot, or at least somebody from inside the vehicle shoots at cop at a cop when they try to stop him, and then they take off. The occupant of the vehicle struck by the SUV was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. All five of the occupants of the stolen SUV were taken to the hospital with varying injuries, all non-life-threatening. Loaded handgun was located inside the SUV. All right. So, see, this is this is part of the deal for everybody. Like, you know, we had one of our callers earlier who was talking about, well, it's insurance and things like this. This is why this is a big deal, and because it's not just we've stolen somebody's car, but here you have the these five punks who are driving around. They've stolen a car. They're in that stolen car with a loaded handgun. They're willing to use the handgun to try to kill a police officer. That's what this is. You fire at a police officer. You are trying to kill them. You drive off like a bat out of you know where, not caring about what it is or who it is that you might hit. And it's only but for the grace of God that, you know, when they smash into this other car, the the driver of that car, which could be you, it could be me, it could be your kids, it could be your spouse. It's only but for the grace of God that that person's, you know, not dead. We've got to stop this. And just, uh, again, slapping people on the wrist. 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, Yeah, I'm waving people into adult court. I am. My guess is it is not the first time at the rodeo for any of these kids. I am sending them off to either adult prison. Yes, you're going to send the 17-year-old to prison. Damn right I am. Absolutely. And you're going to hope the kid learns his lesson. And if not, at least you're going to be protecting the rest of us from somebody like this. Because next time when you just turn them loose and you send them back out on the street to steal another car and run away, next time when they hit somebody, they could kill them. And like I say, it could be you. It could be me. It could be somebody close to us. It's just you you got to make it stop. You've got to make it stop. And we're not close to being able to do that, at least right now. As I said at the start of the show, this is a big sports day on WTMJ. Coming up around 2.30, we've got our Brewers pregame coverage. First pitch, the Brewers of the Kansas City Royals, the first place Milwaukee Brewers, round 3.10. And then following the Brewers game, well, we're going to have our wall-to-wall coverage of the Bucks game six of the NBA championship. I, I, I've been saying for the last couple days how, how really rare this is. It's been 50 years since the Bucks won the NBA championship. It's been 47 years since they last played in in the NBA finals. That that's a long time. And as somebody who can 
remember sort of 1971 and 1974 if you would have told me back then that hey it, it's not going to be until 2021 that the bucks are, are going to be playing for you know all the marbles again and be one game away from it i would have said no you're you're not they're they're, they're going to be back but this is extremely rare when we come back after the news i want to talk to you about all right the bucks experience and what you're going to be doing tonight where you're going to be watching this, and how important this is. We're back with that in just a couple minutes. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa Barkley, you've become an international superstar, huh? Just like that. So let me tell you what happened. You saw the publication, but I was interviewed by sportday.gr. That's a sports publication in Greece about what it's like living in Milwaukee during the playoffs and how important Giannis is to our city. And there I am. Here you are. Yeah. And of course, my, my cynical question was that this isn't kind of like, like a, a, a site where you scroll down <laughs> and there's going to be ads for like topless <laughs> no. ladies and stuff like that. No, oh, it's a sports no. thing. No. no, it's a sports thing for sure. Yeah. That's cool. That's very, yeah, it that's looks, very good. It looks very nice. They did a good job on that. that that's very good. Yeah. And then you, yes, I mean, I know you represent well. You always do. <laughs> okay. Which, which brings me to the discussion I, I want to have. And again, we're, um, early Brewers baseball game this afternoon, 235. So I'll be with you for another half hour or so. And um, I do also want to remind everybody that um, if, if the Bucks win tonight, if it's Bucks in six, stick with us all night long, all night long for live local coverage. We're your home for the Bucks Championship Basketball News Radio WTMJ. All right, now I, I, I confess. When it comes to like Packers games, I have a routine. You probably do as well. And, and it's, there, there's one of two or three places that I watch Packers games at. Um, there's a, there's a, a watering hole not that far from me. And sometimes on Sundays, I'll, I'll meet some of my friends there. Other times, if I'm just watching the game at home, well, I mean, I, I've got the ritual. I, I know I'm sitting in one particular chair watching it on the TV in the living room. And there's certain snacks that you're going to have. We, we have rituals that, that are like that. Well, all right, that the Bucks aren't the Bucks aren't like that because again, you you've got a lot more games and and my guess is for most people, you know, you you follow the team, maybe you listen to the game, maybe you watch the game, but but now that they're in the playoffs and now that it's really really special and oh, by the way, did I mention that, you know, it's 50 years ago that they won the last NBA title. I I know that there's all sorts of people who are going to be following, paying attention who, you know, maybe before would just be a casual fan, but everybody is going to be tuned in, whether it's radio, whether it's television, whether it's the Deer District. Everybody is going to be essentially marking time until 8 o'clock tonight when the game kick tips off. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I just have a question because I want to get a, a general sense. Where are you going to be watching and or listening to the game tonight? How are you going to take the game in? And I do include listening because when I kind of teased this before the news, one of our listeners sent me a text and said, Jeff, I don't watch it. I listen to the game on TMJ. No, I'm not pandering. And I, my response was, pandering or not, we love you for listening. Thanks. But, okay, are, are you going down to the Deer District? They're saying that, they're saying that they have space for 65,000 
people. You know, they've routinely had 15 or 20,000 people down there in that area. That's on top of the, the game is, of course, completely sold out. So that's what, 15 to 20,000 more. I mean, you're, you're talking potentially, you know, upwards, you know, somewhere north of like 80,000 people might be in that area around Pfizer. So are, are you going to be there? Um, is this one where you're going to be at, at home, either listening to it on the radio or watching it on TV? Are you planning to go out to a bar? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How are you going to be following the Bucks tonight? And even if you are the most casual sports fan, if I could give you one piece of advice, and again, this is from somebody who remembers how long ago it was the last time they played for the NBA Finals. You you want to be watching it. You want to be listening to it. You want to be able to tell people, hey, I remember if the Bucks win tonight. I remember when the Bucks won. So I, I'm encouraging you to do that. Where are you going to? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm... I'm honestly not sure. I'm not going to be in the Deer District, but like I was saying, I'm, I'm going to the ball game this afternoon. My my buddy is picking me up, and then, um, so we're we're going to the to Miller Park. I can't. I, I just I don't know. It kind of depends how I feel after I get home as to I, I think whether. I'm just kind of inclined to stay home or whether I want to go to, you know, one of the bars or restaurants around where I live and kind of watch it with, with people. And obviously my wife's input's going to have some, she's going to have some say into that too. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Where are you going to watch the game? And I guess why? 855-616-1620. We're back to discuss. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yeah, I see. I'm I'm really rest. On the one hand, you, you you love to watch games like tonight. You love to be around other people, and you get the vibe of everybody cheering and stuff like that. On the other hand, it can you know if if you're just sitting watching it on your big screen TV, there's a factor of convenience. Plus, you can kind of focus on things. And I'm 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 not exactly sure what I'm going to end up doing. It sort of feels Maybe about how much, how I feel after the Brewers game this afternoon. Dan in Sheboygan Falls. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Hello. I'm here. How are you today? I am well, thank you. Okay, what? How are how are you going to be watching and or listening to the game? Well, I'll be here in Sheboygan Falls, my apartment, watching the game. Okay, be, and um, go ahead. I mean, any, any temptation? Okay, to, any you. temptation to go out, or you just kind of like to watch it at home? Well, there's some temptation, sure, but uh, I just feel like I'd be more comfortable and I'd be more relaxed and with my thoughts better if I was seeing the game from here in my apartment. Yeah, no, thanks for calling. Well, there's no question about it. You you can focus more on that. And, I mean, I, I feel that way sometimes, too. Steve and Franklin. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, where are you? Good afternoon, if- Afternoon at Franklin Field. First for the Milkmen against the Chicago Dogs, American Association of Baseball, for to expand the Milkmen's lead against the Dogs in the North Division. And, and the then. best record in there. And the best, uh, well, okay. And then uh, they're going to do a watch party in the stadium and at the. Uh, drive-in. Oh, so that's so that's very cool. So they're going to have it up on the big screen and stuff. 
Yeah, on both sides, the yeah. theater side and the and the ballpark side. Yep. That no, thanks. For, that that's gonna that that's very cool, and and that's I mean. You know, I, I was I, I was just, I was amazed that for the game the other night that they sold out the lower bowl at Pfizer Forum. You know, nine thousand seats at ten bucks per ticket. That they sold them out for people who just again wanted that communal experience of being able to sit with other fans and watch it. And I, I I just I think that that's incredible, so incredibly cool. Not to mention the tens of thousands of other people who are outside. James on the south side. Hi, James. How you doing? Real well, thanks. Where are you going to be watching it? Um, from my girlfriend's house tonight. Uh, we watched all the games uh, and that, and uh, and we listened to WTMJ for the for the for the sports and stuff like that for the, for them doing the game and stuff. I think it's really good. No, I well that that's it. No, thanks to call. I mean, again, it's I I, I kind of I I understand, and I I am literally wrestling with this. It's like okay. You know, when we when we get home, you know, we'll we'll be able to we'll, we'll take the dog out and stuff, and then you know, do we want to go someplace? Okay, here I've, I'm kind of falling behind on a lot of text on this, Jeff. I would love to be down at the Deer District, but I think that's pretty crazy. So I'm going to be at the local watering hole. Um, well, I think that there's a sense of that. Um, let's see. Jill says, I camped out in the backyard Saturday night with our four-year-old daughter, setting the tent up again for tonight's game, bringing the 40-inch TV back into the tent. Nothing compares to um, listening to her cheer when the Bucks scored or had a steal. That's very good. Um, Jeff, my husband and I, we're going to watch it together on our own 65-inch big screen TV. We want to see every detail of the game. Well, I understand that. Um, Jeff, I haven't gone to any games at the district yet, but I'm going tonight. We got a $5 parking spot prepaid through something by the Grand Avenue. I'm not one for big crowds usually, but I know how exciting this is going to be. We have five people to pack in our car, something to experience. I hope they can win. Yeah, see, that's, that's it. Jeff, I've waited so long for this that I don't want any distractions or crowds. I'm going to be watching at home on my 75-inch TV screen with my dog Giannis and uh, Taylor sends a picture of himself with the dog that's it Jeff good afternoon I have a 13 I have 13 and 10 year old sons my husband and I don't feel comfortable with having them in the deer district yet so we're going to make our own deer district on our back patio we're bringing a TV out we're going to have snacks and drinks and there's even a basketball hoop for the boys to play at during the breaks that's very very cool um all right uh, Jeff, I am from the Fox Valley. I have several friends ask me to come to the Deer District. If it were a weekend, I would be there already. Considering it's a weekday, I'll probably end up watching it with some of my buddies here in the Valley. However, I agree, this is potentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It happens maybe only once in a lifetime, so I could see pulling a last-second trip down to Milwaukee. Well, if you come on down, that's going to be great. You are very, very welcome. All right, Jeff, I've been watching it from a local bar until halftime. Then I'm probably going to have to go to bed because I have to be up at four o'clock in the morning. See, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't have that excuse because tomorrow there's an early Brewers game too. So I only have, I only have a 30 minute show. So 
I, I don't 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 have to you know figure out how to be on the radio for three hours tomorrow. So I've got no excuse. Uh, Jeff, I love Left's Lucky Town in Wauwatosa. I do too, by the way. That's one of my hangouts on St. Patty's Day. They bring out a giant screen. It is absolutely fantastic. Here's another text that I think kind of summarizes perhaps how I feel. Jeff, if I were in my 20s, I would be in the Deer District. Alas, I'm 61, so I would be watching it at a friend's house. Uh, there's, Look, no matter where you choose to watch this, this is, um, you know, this is, it's a special sort of time. And I, I did get a handful of texts from people saying, I'm sick of hearing about the Bucks. I don't know. You assume that everybody's a Bucks fan. No, I, I assume that most people are sports fans. But even if you're not a sports fan, you should be a fan of southeastern Wisconsin or a fan of Wisconsin. And this, this is good for our community. This is great for our community. Th- this is history. That's just kind of the reality. And, and yeah, when, when, when there's history, there's a bandwagon. My advice is jump on the bandwagon. There, there's plenty of, of room. And just understand how special this is. And if they win tonight, if they win tonight, well, it's something that hasn't happened in 50 years. Back with more in just a minute. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I love this text. Jeff, I'm an alderman. We have a meeting at 7 o'clock tonight. Could be the quickest meeting on record. Yeah, I'll bet you that's the case. I'm, I'm sure if there, if there's one of those elected officials there that says, okay, I want to, I want to go into the minutiae here and let's see, let's see how long we can drag out the agenda. My guess is, that's not going to be a particularly popular person. Now, the, I, I am getting a number of texts that are saying, well, you know, win, lose, or, or draw, regardless of what happens, we, we hope that people are, are well behaved. And I do, I, I do want to note something, cause, cause the police department has been working hand in hand with the Bucks. Now, you know, if, if they do really put like 60 plus thousand people in the Deer District plus the other 20,000 people that are going to be attending the game or thereabouts, I mean, you're, I mean, you're, you're talking Camp Randall on, on a Saturday. You're talking about Lambeau Field on, on a Sunday. You're talking about, I mean, 80,000 people. That would make that immediate area about the size of the Wisconsin's fifth largest city. The Journal Sentinel points that out. So, I mean, obviously there's all sorts of, of issues down there. The police department says they're on board with this. So this is their statement. Um, I'm quoting now. With the upcoming clinch games of the NBA championship, MPD will have additional resources, which include but are not limited to members of the motorcycle unit, the bicycle patrols, hazardous devices unit, tactical enforcement unit, canine unit, and mounted patrol. The Milwaukee Police Department shares the excitement that comes with the NBA finals. However, criminal activity will not be tolerated. The Milwaukee Police Department wishes the Milwaukee Bucks the best of luck as they compete for the championship. So I think that the police department in particular is, is again, putting people on notice that this is, it is a celebration. People are down there to, to have fun and that, I mean, bad behavior and criminal behavior is, is not going to be tolerated. And, and that's important because we're, we're on a national, we're on, I mean, heck, I was listening to what Melissa was talking about. We're on an international stage and again, win, or or even lose you 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 want to Milwaukee we want to put the best foot forward and that's why if there's people down there who are going to use the fact that you've got 80,000 people in a relatively confined area all looking to have a good time and celebrate you know the bucks win and if there's people down there who are thinking we're going to try to exploit this or take advantage of it i i hope 
and I, and I understand the case that in this case, law enforcement is simply not going to tolerate it. That it's too important. There's too many people there. There's too much uh, again attention to you know allow a few criminal element to spoil it. And I think the MPD has been very, very clear that they're not going to do it. So regardless of where you go to watch the game or listen to the game, I think for tonight we're all Bucks fans. And once again, as we've been mentioning, um, after the game, if and when the Bucks win, keep it tuned to WTMJ because we're going to have, again, um, coverage all, all night on the championship. So hopefully when we speak tomorrow at 12 o'clock, we'll have really, really good news and we'll all be tired of talking about the championship of the Bucks.